There are many ways people listen to Vision, including DAB Plus Digital Radio. If you're in Greater Sydney, Melbourne or Brisbane and have a digital radio receiver in your car or home, you'll find Vision Christian Radio on the station list. If you're visiting one of these cities and hiring a car, there's a good chance it will have a DAB receiver and you'll be able to enjoy vision with exceptional sound quality while you drive around. If you don't already own a DAB receiver, you'll find many models, including clock radios at electronic retailers for under $100. To find out more about vision on digital radio and whether you're within the broadcast footprint, see vision.org.au slash DAB. However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Let's turn our attention today to something that can sometimes get us into a little bit of trouble when we speak before thinking or at least having the right information or the right evidence for the point that we might be making. Clearly, if you speak without the right foundations, you can run the risk of personally getting into trouble, saying the wrong things. Or what about if we took that to another degree and said you were actually speaking and embarrassing the work of the kingdom? Well, let's talk about some of these issues today about being prepared, being ready and being cautious about what we do say until we're confident that we've got the truth and we've got some evidence to support our position. Bill Muhlenberg's been writing about that this week. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Always great to be back. Bill, we want people to engage with people around the water cooler at work uh, or even going more deeply into uh, the ways that they might engage with their broader community. But sometimes you've been noting that Christians are speaking without actually having a proper foundation for what they're saying. Uh, What's the motive behind writing this latest article that you've written called No, That Is Not Research? Yeah, oh, look, my motive is simply I keep encountering this too many times, all the time, it seems, uh, Christians, conservatives, uh, constantly doing this sort of thing. I mean, there's always been a sad tendency that people can uh, speak first and think later, uh, not really doing their homework, uh, just running with any rumor and, you know, baseless accusation. I mean, that's always been a perennial problem. However, it's all been complicated hugely uh, with the Internet age. Of course, now there's just so much stuff out there, a lot of good stuff, but a lot of rubbish as well. And it is just far too easy if you're on, say, the social media or other platforms to just, you know, run with the first thing you see, share it perhaps on your own pages on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, but uh, not having first, you know, checked it up a little bit, uh, see if it's actually true. Is it accurate? Is it factual? Uh, sure, we don't have time to check everything, and if you get something from a trustworthy source, uh, often it's good to pass on, but there's just too much nonsense and misinformation, and in fact lies out there, not to mention some of the more loony conspiracy theories, We just have to be careful, although, you know, we want to be bold, we want to have a public witness, but if we end up 
shooting ourselves in the foot or discrediting ourselves and our Lord, well, not too much. Well, Bill, we all want to be able to engage in conversation. And those of us that are passionate about our Christian faith, we want to be able to bring a Christian perspective. But in a 24-hour news cycle with the changes in the way that people are engaging with all sorts of topics, uh, all sorts of ethical issues, very hard to be an expert about everything. So we find some detail and hopefully from a trustworthy resource so that we can engage the conversation. What are your thoughts for how we might be cautious and how we might actually make sure that our brain is in gear before our mouth is engaged uh, to make Mm. sure that we are actually doing things with some level of authenticity and some level of, uh, you know, researched sound platform? What are your thoughts? There's a lot we can do. Uh, Again, some of this will take a little bit of time, which again, if you're when the guy who likes to shoot at the hip, uh, you know, just send out everything that pops into your head. Uh, you know, you may not like this, but a good Christian witness has to involve being a little bit guarded, a little bit careful, and making sure what we're saying is accurate. So it depends on the issue. You know, if you're sharing your latest chocolate chip cookie recipe, it probably doesn't matter too much, you know. Uh, uh, but there's so many hoaxes, there's so much misinformation. I mean, I keep seeing, say, on Facebook, somebody posts something about some well-known star or celebrity Celebrity has died. Well, it doesn't take much to find out whether that's true or not. Simply type in the guy's name, and if he really has died and he really is a big cheese, well, all the media outlets will be running with it. Or sometimes it would actually involve somebody who's died 10 years ago, and some Christians are a bit slow. So, you know, there's little things we can do straight away. Um, and, of course, there are, well, so-called fact-checking sites. Some are better than others. Uh, most people would think of something like Snopes, but let me uh, caution you there. This is simply a husband and wife team who happen to be pretty strong lefties. <laughs> so... Uh, on a lot of things having to do with conservatism and Christianity, I wouldn't really rely on something like Snopes. But there are other fact-checkers, again, relying on somebody you know and trust. Uh, I posted things on uh, Facebook that, you know, look good to me, so I shared it, and then somebody has come along and said, oh, no, this is actually not the case. Um, Again, millions of examples. There is a um, photo going around of some place in Africa with a bunch of charred dead bodies. And, you know, the claim this is what happens when Islam massacres a whole people. But somebody came when I shared that some years ago and said, oh, actually, this uh, came out after a uh, airplane had crashed. So, you know, you, you take a picture, you put on any spin on it, and you can be guilty of misleading or spreading false information. Now, we all don't have a lot of time. We are not all experts. But yeah, if it, if it looks a bit dodgy, you know, that's probably, you know, take that caution on board and say, wait a minute now, before I share and run with this, let me uh, sniff it out just a bit more. Even the best news organizations run mm-hmm. the risk that they'll be on-selling uh, stories that are not coming from trustworthy sources. That's always a challenge. Yeah. But I guess, Bill, when it comes to the sorts of things that might reflect our faith, 
these sorts of things, I suppose, we can take some cautionary measures by being on a trajectory where we're increasing our understanding, where we've got a developing set of reliable resources and where we are being cautious about the way we talk about our faith. I imagine this is where really the rubber hits the road here. How we are talking about our faith, are we actually bringing discrediting to our faith? That's really the risk here, isn't it? Yeah, well, it certainly can. Uh, I mean, as you just said, the newspapers, you know, reputable newspapers can get it wrong. They can pass on false information which they may later or maybe not uh, apologize for and retract. So Christians, of all people, were called to be truth speakers, were called to get it right. And uh, sadly, there's always been things like, say, theological arguments and debates and discussions. Well, once more, the Internet has made all this even a lot more uh likely and uh can get quite bad out there you'll see people fighting each other tooth and nail over their pet theological doctrine and uh, you can see just long lines of discussion and well they generate a lot more uh heat than light often so learning a whether you even can post stuff like that b whether you get involved in those debates you know it's uh a lot of theological issues are quite complex and, you know, detailed. 2,000 years of thinking about some of these key issues, so trying to get it down into a little teeny uh, Facebook box, uh, you know, with 20 words, you're probably not going to do a good job of it. And then too often I'll see people who, it seems to me, are pretty clear they haven't actually read uh, the person they're criticizing. It might be anybody. Maybe they're attacking John Calvin or Martin Luther or in the other direction, attacking Finney or Wesley, and they're saying all kinds of uh, bizarre things about them. All I can figure is they probably looked at one or two little YouTube videos with somebody who's got an axe to grind, uh, and then they've run with that as if it's gospel truth. And then you have to go and correct them and say, um, actually, no, he never said that, or no, you've pulled that out of context. So it's just so easy to attack others and their theology without even doing a little bit of homework first, making sure what you're saying is accurate. So again, all this bears on our witness. It bears on our Lord. If we're simply running with everything we see and not being a little bit critical, a little bit uh, thoughtful and careful, we can do more harm than good. Bit of a dilemma here, though, Bill, because on the one hand, we might be encouraging people, and particularly when you start to get to these theological issues, because we would encourage people, no doubt, to engage in apologetic arguments. Mm. And at the start of that, clearly we all start from a position of being real novices and with the real risk of making even huge theological errors and mistakes, but we don't learn until we actually get into the engagement. Uh, And through the engagement, perhaps we come to some level of understanding or consensus or somebody corrects us along the way so that we actually grow from there. So is there a sense in which there is a place for just getting into the argument? And perhaps it's even the way we phrase the things that we are 
sighting. So if we say, I heard a rumour or I saw a website, rather than actually stating those things as fact, is there some ways that we can still engage, but perhaps just be cautious about how we reference the source that we actually took the information from? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We're not telling people to, you know, disengage, never get involved, never use the social media, never speak up for what is right. Uh, But we're simply saying be careful when you do it. And probably a key here, as in so many areas, is simply a little bit of humility goes a long ways. Uh, I know my limits. I, I'm, I'm kind of good on some things. There's some areas I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, I may have 250 books on a certain theology or a certain ethical issue or a certain issue. Um, you know, I, I've done my homework. I think I can speak confidently, but there'd be many issues. In fact, it's funny, as we mention all this, I've just been asked to come to the Philippines and speak on a few topics. One of them I wrote back and I said, well, I'd love to do it, but this topic I've actually never spoken on in my life. I could probably wing it. I could probably put something together, but it really is not my area of expertise, so it may be wise to get somebody else. So simply having that kind of humility, uh, again, you can say that when you go online. You say, this is how I understand the issue or this is what I've read. I could be wrong. Simply having that kind of... uh, cautionary and humble approach, well, that'll save a lot of fistfights and arguments, uh, and it'll hopefully help us all go further as we discuss important matters and try to get to the truth. Well, I think you've touched on something really powerful there, Bill, when you say take a position of humility rather than being dogmatic, because when we're dogmatic, we get cornered in some sense because there's no way out if someone corrects you in that. And uh, so if you take a humble approach, you can roll with the correction and you can grow to a new level of maturity. But certainly when it comes to all of these risky areas, whether it's theological positions or, as you say, conspiracy theories or how we deal with fake news and whether or not something that sounds so sensational, in fact, is true, those things are worthy of checking before we make them a part of the way that we present our Christian faith. A powerful concept to talk about that today, Bill Muhlenberg, and I'll point people to the article that you've written around this topic. It's called, No, That Is Not Research. And you'll be able to find that when you go to billmuhlenberg.com. Or you can type in Culture Watch into Google, one word, Culture Watch, and you'll find Bill Muhlenberg's latest articles. Bill, great talking to you. Thanks for being with us once again today on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.